2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning with verse 13. Remember, Paul is writing to Timothy, his, his disciple. He's in prison for the second time in Rome. He seems to know that his days are numbered and that possibly his ministry will be coming to a close. And he misses Timothy. I just love that. The great apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, gets lonely. We all get lonely. And that's not a lack of spirituality. It's just that we were created social beings. And so he tells him, he says, Timothy, hold fast the form of sound words which you have heard of me in faith and love which is of Christ Jesus. Hold fast to truth. That's the message I have to myself. In light of your surroundings, hold fast to truth in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Because you're in Christ and he's in you, you can have your faith to increase in his word. And faith is believing what you don't see. You read the Word of God and you say, I don't know how that could be. Don't worry about how it could be. Just put your faith and trust in what He says. Some of the little young people that come to my house have started talking to me about faith and they don't understand it. And you know what? I don't either. I just know the definition of it. It's believing what you don't see. And when you believe what you don't see, then you experience it. Because it's faith. And the Bible says anything that's not of faith is, is dead, is sin and love. And of course, we've said so many times, that's what's missing in the world today. If you don't think like I do and believe like I do, then I get mad with you and I don't want to talk to you. And I won't let you put your son in your yard or put something on Twitter, which I know I wouldn't do. I don't do it. I don't intend to. And then verse 14, that good thing which was committed unto you, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwells in you. And this is really the secret to the Christian life. It's being lived by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And then he, he announces this tragedy, really. He said, you know that all of those in Asia have turned away from me. And then he mentions two people by names. I can't pronounce their names. I don't want to mess them up. But they've all turned against him. Isn't that incredible? The Apostle Paul, who founded all these churches and then wrote these great letters to him, that all turned against him. I think that's sometimes why I, I question these prosperity teachers on TV. God wants you happy and well and rich. Really? And he sent John to the Isle of Patmos in a cave? And he let Paul go to prison? Why did he put John in, in prison in Patmos and Paul in prison in Rome? Because he had a job for them to do. And that was the best place for them to be. And there are a lot of times I don't like where I am 
But I've got to put my faith in the fact that God has me where he wants me to be to do what he wants me to do. And it's exciting to me that I can sit in my home and talk to you on my cell phone. I just turn on my cell phone and start teaching the Bible, teaching what others have taught me because it's meant so much to me. And then you hear it. I don't know how it happens, but it's a God thing because people really want to know the truth. And then he says, the Lord have mercy unto the house of Onesiphus, for he refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. I think it's great that this man's name, nobody knows anything about him, but his name is in here. Because it said he went to Rome and, and searched him out. It said when he was in Rome, he sought me and very diligently he found me. This guy cared enough to search out and seek Paul to encourage him. And I want you to remember that we all need to be encouraged. And I want to tell you that sometimes I have a text from people and they say, hey, I heard your podcast. Thank you. I loved it. That is very important to me. Because I sit here talking into a telephone. I prefer faces. But I have to be honest. I don't prefer faces with masks on. I prefer the smile on the mouth and the twinkle in the eyes. But we don't have it now. So thank the Lord we have this means of communication. And then the end of this chapter, the Lord grant unto him, that's this man, Onesphorus, that may he find the mercy of the Lord in that day, and in many things be ministered, uh, he, and in many, thing, many things he ministered unto me in Ephesus. You know that very well, Timothy. And then we get to chapter two. In chapter two, there's three group, four groups of people that Paul writes to Timothy about. They're illustrations. He said, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, Timothy was not literally physically the son of Paul, but Paul had led him to the Lord. And so Paul felt responsible for him. And remember those of us that are believers Someone led us to the Lord and they care about us. And then God is our heavenly father and we are his child. And we need to think of ourselves as the child of God. I wonder how many times we think of that. You know, if, if you're a child of God, then you're somebody really special. I don't mean special because you deserve to be special or you're so beautiful and smart and wealthy and powerful. I don't mean that. But you're special because God is your father. So think about yourself as the son of God. And then he said, the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. That's the verse that Dr. Bill Bright founded Campus Crusade for Christ on. He was so excited over becoming a Christian and he wanted to share it with others and he had a burden for college students. 
And he and Vonette, as soon as they became believers, they focused on reaching college students. And then Bill realized that whatever he did, he needed to make it transferable. He needed to, to share with college students so that they in turn could share with other college students. And it would just have a big domino effect. And Bill designed a little booklet, tiny little booklet, called The Four Spiritual Laws. You don't ever see it anymore. I don't know if it's even in print. I have some. They're old and worn out. But he printed that little booklet. He got criticized for it because they said, oh, that's too simple. You can't go out and share Christ with a little simple book like that. But it was the most powerful tool you ever saw. And when we joined the staff of Campus Crusade, we had to learn how to use that because we wanted to share with others so that they could share with others. That's what you call multiplication. And that's why we moved to Asia, to teach Asians how to share so that other Asians could also share. And we could reach the world. And the four spiritual laws, it started off with the fact that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And he does. People criticize Bill for saying that because maybe God's plan is not wonderful. Well, let me tell you, if it's God's plan, it's wonderful. It may be hard, and it may be uncomfortable sometimes, but when you're in God's will, following His plan, it's always a wonderful plan, and your life is not wasted. And then the second law says that we're all sinners. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody escapes. Somebody has to pay for your sin. The wages of sin is death. Wage is what you earn for what you do. And we're told in Romans that the wages of sin is death. So you sin, you die. That's a fact. And you can't change it. But God, in his loving mercy sent someone as a substitute for you and me. But he had to die. And I'm always touched by the fact that Jesus went into the Garden of Gethsemane and he cried and he prayed and he said, Lord, if, if you can do this any other way, don't make me go through this. For some reason, that is a great encouragement to me because Jesus was God, but he was a man. He was human and he had emotions and I just love it that he didn't want to do it. And there are things I don't want to do and you don't want to do. And that makes Jesus more real to me. And so the second spiritual law says that Jesus Christ died on the cross and took our place and shed his blood to wash away our sin. And the third spiritual law says you have to receive him into your life as your Lord and Savior. And then you escape spiritual death. And the fourth one is share this booklet with other people because there are people out there that are afraid to die, especially with the pandemic such as it is. There are many people panicked. And remember, we started off, God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. And so we need to share with others what God has taught us. 
And then he said, there, there, Thou therefore endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now here's the second person, a soldier. He calls us a soldier. Now, what does a soldier do? A soldier defends his nation. A soldier goes to war against the enemy of his homeland. And we are to put on the armor of God as soldiers of the cross. And in conclusion of this podcast, I want to remind you of the armor we put on. Now, once we put on the armor, we can go out and face a battle and we're not, we won't be hurt. So what is the armor? It's found in Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm just going to briefly review it in the next two minutes. It says, Stand having your loins girt about with truth. That's a small T. A capital T would, would mean the Bible and Jesus. Tell the truth. Deceit is, is awful. When people deceive you, you don't know them. You don't know what they're thinking or who they are. And the our first piece of the armor is just be truthful. And you know, if I can't tell the truth without hurting someone, I don't need to tell the truth. I need to weigh my words and be careful what I say. But I don't need to be deceitful either. And then it says, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. What do your feet do? They take you where you need to be. So be a peacemaker. And then take the shield of faith. A shield is what goes before you to protect your heart. Take the shield of faith. Trust God. Tell the truth. Be a peacemaker. And trust God. And then the next one is the helmet of salvation. The helmet covers your brain. You need to be absolutely confident of your salvation. To know without a doubt, God has saved you from the penalty of sin. And then the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And that's why I sit here, staring into my cell phone, to teach you from the Word of God what someone has taught me. And the last part of the armor is prayer. And he says to pray with perseverance and supplication for all the saints. You know, you have the privilege and I have the privilege of praying for every believer all around the world with one statement. Lord, I pray for all your children everywhere. I pray you'll protect them and watch over them and keep them safe. So put on the armor of God. Speak the truth. Keep the peace. Know you're saved. Know how to use the Word of God and pray without ceasing. Next week we'll take up the two other people. Or not next week. We may do it this weekend. And that's an athlete and a farmer. Remember you're the Son of God. You're a soldier. In a fight for God's people and God's world. Put on your armor and trust him. God bless you and thank you for listening.